So who wants to hear me talk a little recruiting in offensive line? If you do, stay tuned. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free and I appreciate your support. And if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet and you want to become a free subscriber, it's easy. Hit that subscribe button. You like the episode? Hit that thumbs up. And because Locked On USC comes at you five times a week, nobody else does that for you. Hit that bell notification so you never miss an episode. So. I was asked this question on the WeRSC weekly podcast show that I do, uh, and it wasn't just me. The panel was asked, is the 2024 recruiting class off to a slow start? And I guess if you're looking at it numbers-wise, they only have one commit, so the answer is yes, kind of, maybe, no. Uh, the... The answer is any of the above. (laughs) Right now, they have one uh, verbal commitment. His name is Joey Olson, tight end. Also keep in mind that uh, in 2023, USC is bringing in Deuce Walker, who is listed as a tight end, as well as Walker Lyons, uh, who is a tight end. Although he won't be available until 2024 while he completes his, his mission. And then you also have uh, Cade Eldridge, who is part of the 2023 class. He'll be joining the team later this uh, late spring, early summer, whenever he's done with high school. So um, the 2023 roster is going, and 2024 roster, is going to be young at that tight end position. Just as just as a note, side note, while we're talking about this. But this Friday, uh, it looks like the 2024 class We'll be adding another commitment, verbal commitment. So Joey Olson, he won't be uh, he won't be feeling lonely. Um, at least that's what everyone's crystal balls are predicting. Earlier in the week, uh, WeRSC.com's recruiting guru Scott Schrader he threw up his uh, Tiger Woods GIF, GIF, um, and basically, you know how USC has their uh, victory salute bat signal whenever they're they received a commitment or are about to um scott has a tiger um tiger woods gif that he uh that he uses as his bat signal and it's you know it's, it's a game-winning shot from uh from tiger woods and if you're old enough you might remember fonzie doing the power from the happy days episode anyways i'm old enough to remember that who is the commitment that I'm referring to? Uh, according to On3, defensive back Aaron Flowers um, is going to be making his announcement this Friday, April 7th. He is the number 70 overall recruit in the On3 300, top 300. So he's out of Forney, Texas. He plays safety. Uh, 
his top three, he's going to be choosing between uh, the two OUs, Oregon and Oklahoma, and uh, USC. Quote, this is from... Uh, this is from Aaron Flowers. Oklahoma, USC, and Oregon, those are the three schools really hard on me, recruiting me hard, Flowers told on three. The decision has been set, and I know where it's at. I know what school I'm going to announce Friday for sure. Um, as far as USC is concerned, quote, they're really high on me. My head coach knows Coach Riley well. Coach Riley texts me and calls me all the time, and it's the same with Coach Grinch and Coach Dante. They're high on me and see me and want me to play on their defense, and I think I can make an impact early on there. End quote. So I don't think in, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Um, other people are predicting. There's a really, really good chance that by the end of uh, Workday Friday, Aaron Flowers will be part of the Trojans 2024 recruiting class. So should USC recruiting fans and the staff, though, should they be concerned that the 2024 class is off to a slow start number-wise? My opinion, absolutely not. There's nothing to be concerned about. Remember, it's the first week of April, and the May transfer portal window hasn't even opened yet. And... I'm not saying that whomever US from USC is, you know, whoever there's going to be people, there's going to be players from USC who are going to jump into the portal and USC is going to pull players from the portal. And I'm not saying that's going to have a significant impact on the 2024 class. However, you know, some recruits are going to look at the roster's perceived depth chart. And if older and more experienced players are going to be ahead of them, uh, that you know that can have an effect on their decision, but again, it's April, so you know this coming weekend, uh, I'm talking about April seventh through the ninth, um, and then the, again the following weekend when USC has their spring spring football game, there's recruits are going to be overflowing on campus at USC practice at the spring game. So a recruiting class really starts to gain momentum when the quarterback in that class makes his verbal announcement. And then that train really starts to chug chug along, starts picking up some steam. So while Riley waits for Dylan Raiola, assuming that's uh, going to be the quarterback in the 2024 class, to decide where his best interest lies, um, one way for USC's class to start gaining some momentum is for the local recruits to start committing to USC. And if the you know those spark plugs just happen to be defensive players, that's probably even that's probably be, would be even better than if it was Dillarayola saying, "All right, USC, I'm back." Remember, you know he was committed to Ohio State at one time. He was considering USC before he committed to Ohio State. So in my opinion, getting some local kids uh, to, to, to commit sooner would be even better. So if there is a concern, um, it's with making sure that the local players stay home. And I'm talking about players like 
Kingston Villal, I know I'm going to butcher his name, Villamu Asa, and Jordan Lockhart, the linebackers from St. John Bosco. Uh, make sure the modern day offensive line guys, Brandon Baker and DeAndre Carter, that they stay home. Or you know, another, if, if you want to be concerned about 2024 and even into the future, uh, let's get that Long Beach Poly pop, uh, pipeline flowing full steam at full capacity uh, rather than the kind of intermittent you know, drops or trickles uh, that are finding their way to USC or at least talking about USC. I mean, how does Dylan Williams go from commit, Trojan commitment, he decommitted, and now he's recently released his top seven. You know, I've said it before. Dream schools, they're done. They're gone. And here's the thing, though. It's, I don't know if USC has a repair job to do at Long Beach Poly. Uh, but again, there is a new culture that's being, that's been in, that's being put in place at USC. So whether that... Uh, new culture vibes with um, some of the players from Long Beach Poly. I don't know. But remember, it's not just about, just because they're they're great players, they have to be able to, they have to also be able to fit uh, USC's locker room. They have to fit that culture. So once we get to July and, you know, the high school kids start to, you know, get into their own summer fall camps, because you know, that's when those class—that's when the classes will really start to to formulate, to come together. You know, high school football seasons—they uh, start in August, so that's why they start a little bit early with their fall camps. And a lot of those, not a lot, but some, they're going to want to you know get their recruitment wrapped up, and so they can focus on their football season ahead of them. Others, you know, they're going to milk the process for what it's worth. And why not? Uh, you know, today you got. Name, image, likeness, those packages are floating around out there. So they're going to want to see what's out there, what's for real, what's fake, what's not real. They got to be sure. So um, USC's future O-line, it's out there somewhere in the recruiting world, but it's also coming up in the next segment. But before we get to uh, USC's 2023 offensive line and beyond, why don't you head on over to FanDuel? The NBA playoffs, they're almost here, and now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because you're a new customer, and you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So, so seriously, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores. Who's making the most three-pointers? Again, if you like prop bets, FanDuel's a place to go. You can do it all over there. And they also have what they call their exclusive bets, like their two-by-three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. That's a prop bet. Kind of cool. Plus, FanDuel, they even allow you to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets 
when you go to fanduel.com forward slash locked on, that's fanduel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So what is the offensive line room going to look like when fall camp starts? <coughs> Pardon me. With so many new faces and, you know, there's still more to come. I'm not just saying this. Lincoln Riley's saying this as well. I'm not talking about just Ethan White, uh, who is, he's a big mauler type. He's coming over from Florida. <coughs> but um, there are also some high school uh, high school recruits that are going to be arriving uh, in the summer. And they're going to be available for fall camp. However, now, how much impact? I don't know. I doubt any of those guys are going to be asked to to truly contribute in 2023. I think most of their impact is going to be felt during practice. Uh, their depth is going to uh, to help, you know, iron sharpens iron, that type of thing. Or maybe not. We know Elijah Page. He's already out there in the spring. He's going to have a head start over his classmates um, who will be here again later. You kind of get a sense with Elijah uh, how a team feels, how how the staff feels about a player um, based on and how he's going to project. You, you kind of hear and you see things that are going on when practice is over that are off the record. You kind of get a sense that, you know what, Elijah, I'm not saying they're going to fast track him, but you might see him by middle end of the season playing. How much? I don't know. Will he, I'm saying he might be a part of the rotation. But if USC is looking for, you know, to the future, which one or two guys jump out? And I'm talking about the 2023 high school recruits. So you've got Micah Banuelos, Amos Talalele, Alani Noah or Tobias Raymond. Now, Amos and Alani, those guys are both listed at 320 plus plus. Both are, they would fall into that massive road grader type of O-line recruit. Like in Ethan White. Same, you know, 6'5", 330. Big guys. <laughs> you don't want to be a... Uh, a defensive back with those guys getting to the second level. Just saying. Tobias Raymond, he's more of the long lean. He's an offensive tackle body. I, I do not see him moving inside during his career. I could be wrong. I don't see him as an interior player. Now, Micah Banuelos is considered the center of the future for USC. That's what. That's where he's being forecasted to play. He's also the smallest, you know, weight-wise of those guys, 290 pounds, of the interior guys. So do you jumpstart his career and make him the number three center this season? Most assume that if, uh, and again, this is what's being talked about behind the scenes, that heaven forbid, God forbid, Justin Dietrich go down with an injury at center, knocking on wood that that does not happen, and I know, should never knock your wood on. Well, 
Anyways, um, the other center is they're talking about is having Jonah Monheim slide over because that's where he plans to play. That's where they project him in the NFL. So he'll play at USC at center for a year. It's a progression. Um, and then the other center is Andrew Malek. So again, I've heard from sources that so far this spring, Andrew has been getting most, if not all of his work at the guard position, and he's doing really, really well. He, uh, he's still getting some looks at center, but Hansen wants to take a really deep, hard look at him at both guard positions this spring. And just remember, um, in high school, Brophy High School in Arizona, um, Andrew's not a small dude. He's 6'5", over 300 pounds. Uh, he has that size that the staff likes. And uh, he played, I, I believe he played left tackle in high school, as well as guard. So he can, he's got some versatility uh, that uh, the staff could like. Now, with that said, this is just, I, I've got a hunch. I'm going to go on record that 80% of USC's 2020 recruiting class is, is going to be gone by the end of the 2023 season. One way, shape, or another. At some point. And that 2020 class wasn't big at all in numbers. 12 in total. And it was O-line heavy. So... As far as the impact ratio of that class, that's still to be determined. Is it still to be determined? Or does Riley and Henson, do they know what they have? So let's take a real, you know, quick peek back at that 2020 class. Overall, you had Gary Bryant Jr. He's in the transfer portal. We know he's gone. Jonah Monheim, impact. Tuli Tuiapolotu, impact. He's gone, though. NFL. Josh Jackson, defensive back. Jamar Sakona, defensive tackle. Kobe Pepe, jumped in the portal. He's still at USC. Cortland Ford, he's made an impact. Andrew Malek, is this his year to, to show the staff, hey, I can be part of the future. Caden Steven gone. Casey Collier, gone. Andrews to work. Well, okay. He's out there. Is it? Is this his year to show the staff I'm going to be a part of the future? Parker Lewis, gone. That was the 2020 class. So, again, you have, you know, Kobe Pepe into the portal. He's still at USC. You pick the name out of there. Who's going to still be around? Remember, you, you brought in Kingston Jarrett, Michael Tarquin, and Ethan White just into the offensive line room in the transfer portal this year. So with will all the O-line guys from the 2020 class, are they going to be here in the fall, by the end of fall, by the end of 2023? Again, I'm not picking out specific names. I'm throwing this out there for you guys to think about and say, hey, what is the staff trying to do? What is their goal? 
has the offensive line room's recruiting cycle been set up to bring in young guys who are big and ready? You know, think Mason Murphy. You've got Elijah, uh, Elijah Page this year. And then are they going to supplement those those type of guys um, with one or two-year guys through the transfer portal? You look at the size of the guys they're bringing in that are that are arriving later this summer. Alani Noah, Micah Benuelos, Amos Telolele. You know, size-wise, they're ready. Uh, are they ready to play at the USC Division One level? Probably not. Not right off the bat. We'll see how they crash the party when they uh, hit PRPs in the summer and as well as uh, fall camp practice. We'll see how it goes. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think the offensive line and the linebackers are going to have the most intrigue around them during the spring game. I think that's where most of the eyeballs are going to be focused on. Obviously, anytime Caleb Williams touches the ball, all eyes will be there. But who's blocking for Caleb Williams? And if by all reports, you know, through spring camp so far, if the defensive line is, you know, winning half the battles against the offensive line, you understand why uh, why the offensive line might have some some work to do. You know, last year it was a veteran group. This year it could be a veteran group if those transfer portal guys are going to be plug in and play. We'll see what happens. Lots to go. Still not not two full weeks of spring camp to go, but there's still time to go. All right. Speaking of, we're here in the third segment, spring camp. Is this going to be the week that uh, USC is going four times? There was a ready-to-attack-the-week hype video that came out on uh, – that had Monday's date. And show the team in full pads. They were on Howard Jones' practice field. So I guess we'll find out. I know they were practicing on Tuesday. You're watching this episode of Locked on USC on Wednesday. You're making your first listen. And like I said, USC had practice on Tuesday. I wasn't out there. However, I had my We Are SC team members out there, Eric McKinney, Scott Schrader, Thomas Johnston. Those guys were pulling my pulling the weight, helping me out. Um, Adam Bradford, I'm not going to forget anybody. Now. There was nothing of real note going on at practice today that that we're going to spend a whole lot of time on. I will let you know that Damani Jackson left practice on a cart, but there's nothing to be concerned about, according to Lincoln Riley. Um, He's been dealing with uh, some congestion. He was coughing, so that's why he had his pads off. That's why he was leaving on the cart. Um, Lincoln Riley was, he wanted to make sure everyone understood this, that everything is fine. Uh, in fact, that this has been the most sust- sustained practices that Damani's had since he's been here, end quote, and that uh, he's been staying on the field. So we'll see if he's out there on Thursday. But again, nothing to be concerned about. Uh, 
Another injury update that we can bring you up to speed with because Lincoln Riley mentioned his name and it was brought up. Carson Tabarachi last year had back surgery. That was last year. This year, he's going to be a full-time tight end. Going forward, that's his role. He's athletic enough to do it. And, you know, we've heard some early, you know, flashes that uh, he's looked good and he's going to have an opportunity to play this year. So we'll see. Um, oh, hey, Amon Ross St. Brown was out there hanging out, watching some of the new guys. He's got to be excited about the wide receivers out there. And I'm sure he wasn't looking in a mirror when he saw Makai, Makai Lemon. Uh, Makai is often compared to Amon Ra, not just in size and stature, but the way he plays the game. And that should really excite USC fans that they could have another Amon Ross St. Brown in their wide receiver core. Uh, speaking of modern-day Trojans, uh, Rajon Davis's little brother, Ramir, was out there watching Big Brother go through linebacker drills with uh, his position coach, Brian Odom, and um, uh, Ryan Pallour, Coach Pallour. You know who else was out there watching practice today, on Tuesday? Excuse me. Uh, Norm Chow, coaching offensive guru legend. Quarterback guru, offensive coordinator, former Trojan coordinator. If there's one thing Norm Chow knew, knows how to do, is how to be creative with his play calling, how to set games up, the op how to set the opponent up. So, you know, he might give you one play in the first half, and you'll see it in the second half, but it'll be completely different. I'm sure Lincoln Riley... Um, Bent Norm Chowsier for a few talking offense. Uh, I told you last week on Locked on USC that Cooper Lovelace character, uh, he mugged it up for the camera. Uh, he got a chance to talk to the media on Tuesday. I had mentioned that he's practicing at four of the five spots on the offensive line. So when people say that he's flexible, uh, they mean it. I mean, the guy is Gumby jointed. And by Gumby jointed, I mean he can do the splits 180 degrees. Yeah. It hurts to watch him. He looks like a gymnast when he does it. And if you're a guy and you see him doing it, you know what I mean by it hurts to watch. Uh, Riley, Lincoln Riley, he was asked after practice. If there was a single position group that he would, if he could single out that he'd like to see more from, well, he kind of pursed his lips and little dramatic pause for about five to 10 seconds and then quote, hard to single one out. It's more of, and then this is me reading the body language. It was, it was kind of more of how he didn't say anything at the halfway point of spring camp. He continued, quote, there's a lot to unfold. There's going to be so many more position battles and ebbs and flows with this group between now and fall. And then obviously we add the rest of the high school signees. And I'm emphasizing this last point here. And probably a couple of more transfers when it's all said and done also, end quote. Look, 
Lincoln keeps emphasizing that a couple of more transfers when it's all said and done also. I alluded to it earlier. I didn't mention any names. I have a hunch the offensive line room is a group that he'd like to see more from. Uh, I think they're going to be scrimmaging Saturday as well as, you know, the following Saturday you're going to have the spring huddle. I, I, I think uh, that group, the offensive line group, it needs to be closer to settled than unsettled coming out of spring camp. So, again, let's uh, let's see how Lincoln Riley how Lincoln Riley's answers change from today, Locked on USC, if you're watching this episode on Wednesday, April 5th, and how it changes between, if it changes between now and April 15th when the spring game takes place at the LA Coliseum at 12 noon. It's free. Get out there. It's going to be your opportunity. Otherwise, if you're not out there, you better hope you have the Pac-12 network. They're airing it. All right, that's it. That's another episode of Locked on USC in the books. I want to thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, they're going to bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you're going to hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Real quick note, as a reminder, USC has another player in the transfer portal from the basketball team. Euro, Isaac. <laughs> uh, Isaac Diagu has jumped into the transfer portal, the seven-footer. He joined the team earlier this year. Apparently, uh, he's not in the plans. Anyways, that's it for this episode of Locked on USC. I'll be back for another episode. We come at you five times a week. Head on over to WeRC.com. Get on that subscription special. A lot of recruiting information. So until then, you know what to do.